Welcome back to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. We couldn't do these without the incredible support of our sponsors. And we want to start by saying thank you to all of them. First, thanks to our diamond sponsor, Varsity Brands, including BSN, Varsity Spirit, and Herf Jones. Varsity Brands, elevating student experiences in sport, spirit, and achievement. We also want to thank our platinum sponsors, including Vital Signs, Bring Student Achievements to Life. Gipper, Sports Graphics Made Incredibly Simple. Ephesus Lighting, Innovating a Brighter Future at Every Level. Gilman Gear, Always a Step Ahead. Camp Mobile, where leaders communicate better. And hometown ticketing, simple and easy online ticketing. Thanks to all of our great sponsors. Welcome back everyone to another edition of the Educational AD Podcast. Our guest today is a good friend, Jackie Randall. Jackie is a certified athletic administrator and she is the athletic director at Elk Grove High School in Elk Grove Village, Illinois. She's also very active at the national level. Uh, she's a member of the NIAAA Mentoring Committee. And we're gonna talk about that uh, a little bit later, but Jackie, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Jake. I appreciate you having me on. Oh no, very excited to hear what's going on at your school and uh, also with the new committee. So uh, let's go and get started. Uh, we always like to let our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests. So tell us a little bit about yourself, where you grew up, where you went to college, and uh, you know maybe how your love of sports led to a career in athletic administration. Absolutely. Well, going way back, I grew up in Libertyville, Illinois, and my dad was a, uh, he was a kind of a career coach at a local high school. So a neighboring high school, he coached baseball as well as basketball, and their basketball team was good. So um, I was I was really kind of a gym rat growing up, uh, hanging around the cheerleaders as well as the basketball teams. And um, I got to go on many, uh, you know, holiday tournament weekends to Pontiac, Illinois. People will know that that tournament as well as, um, you know, downstate with the team numerous times. And I I think that that really set in my mind um, kind of uh, some expectation of how I want to impact others. Um, and I knew if I got into education, that that was something I was going to want to do. And so it's kind of funny, you know, talking to my parents about it. They never, they never would have predicted that both myself as well as my brother would be in sports administration. He actually works uh, for the Tennessee Titans, but um, it's just kind of, it's funny how it turned out that way. So um I, I went to Libertyville High School and I, I really dabbled uh, in a bunch of different sports. I played travel soccer growing up, but um, I was in the band and, and so I was a cheerleader. I was, I was really kind of pretty well-rounded. And then I went to uh, the University of Iowa. I wanted that Big Ten experience and make sure that, um, you know, I was able to be involved in, in athletics, you know, not only as like an intramural participant, but in a, you know, in a rah-rah sense. And, 
I've heard that when you grow up in the Midwest, you know, it's your goal to get to a Big Ten school. So just because of all the, all the, you know, the wonderful aspects of the education, but the co-curriculars as well. Um, and so uh, from there, I ended up at Grant Community High School as an English teacher, as well as a girls head track and field coach. And so I coached track there for eight years and I left Grant to become the girls athletic director at Elk Grove. And so I've, I've been at Elk Grove um, in the AD role for five years. And then this past summer, I was promoted to the assistant principal of um, athletics activities and music. So really in charge of all the co-curriculars then. So it's, it's interesting how my, my, you know, my, my own experience in co-curriculars has really come full circle. Now, you know, having a foot in the athletic world as well as the music world, which I've really enjoyed. Oh, I, again, that, that's uh, very cool. Uh, I, I'm a, a few years older than you, but uh, I, I think that plays out in, in my role as an AD back a hundred years ago when I was in high school, uh, you know, we did three sports. I mean, that's what you did. Uh, you know, when I got to college, I, you know, did two, but I was in, you know, a number of, uh, you know, dramatic productions and student government. So no, I, I think it's just great that you are and that we are, you know, preaching this um, multiple experience uh, for our kids because it does, you know, pay off uh, in a big way down the road. Absolutely. Talk a little bit about that Big Ten experience. You know, what are some of those exciting things you look back on now uh, from your days as uh, uh, at Iowa? Uh, well, I lived on the west side of the river, which um, I think when I first got placed there, I was like, eh, because Burge was such an appeal. If you go to Iowa, you know these things. But <laughs> um, it, it turns out I was on like the athletic side of campus which was really great to be able to like roll out of bed and head to a football game. Um, and really just being uh, on that more professional side. So like that's where the hospital is and some of the more professional schools are. So that was, that was really uh, a great experience. Yeah, Iowa was, was awesome for me. Um, and you know, now I have connections at Northwestern and still have that big 10 kind of connect. and being able to see kind of their influence in the Chicago suburbs and their, their wonderful facilities over there has been really fun as well. No, no that's, uh, it's always great to, uh, you know, hear those stories. Um, Jackie, in our profession, we always talk about the importance of uh, leadership and especially mentorship. So I'm curious, who were some of your mentors? Uh, I, I can guess maybe one or two, but uh, who are some of your mentors like uh, coaches or teachers growing up or maybe people you've worked with or worked for as an AD? Uh, the expression I always use is, uh, I still hear those voices in my head when I'm talking to uh, a coach or a parent or a kid. So whose voice do you still hear? Um, I, I, of course, hear my, my father's voice, um, and I, I still call him for advice and, and talk to him almost every day. So that's, that's definitely there. And he, uh, ironically, is also was a school psychologist. So, you know, there's lots of Phil Jackson references <laughs> and that. So he helps me kind of with that element. Um, but I would have to also say my predecessor here. Um, so Bob Murphy was the assistant principal prior to me. And he was um, a real champion for women in athletics, as well as um, he was, you know, we worked well together because we're not exactly the same. We're more complimentary. And so when I struggle with things that maybe aren't my strengths or my gift set, 
I think of him and hearing things that he said that maybe he was better at. And I'm like, okay, I can, I can, I can go, that's a starting point, And then I'm going to make it Jackie. You know what I mean? So like really um, listening to advice from him or how he did things, but then also make it my own, um, but have, you know, his advice and his um, guidance to fall back on. No. And again, that's just so cool to hear how, you know, the people that have, you know, helped get us started, you know, they're still there with us, you know, uh, right. great reminder, we didn't get here by ourselves. Um, talk a little bit about uh, that transition period from the teacher coach role to the athletic director role, and then maybe, um, you know, going from that new AD at your first school to the, the seasoned AD uh, at Elk Grove, you know, right. how did that transition uh, occur? Um, well, it's kind of funny. I never like, I, I knew I wanted to be involved in co-curriculars, but I never set out to be an AD. You know, I've always admired people like in third grade, like I'm going to be a doctor and that's what they do, you know, have that clarity. Um, I, I never really had that. So when I, um, was going for my administrative certificate, I was like, well, I, I, I want leadership training. I want to get back in the classroom. I don't know where I want this to go but I'm, I'm just gonna you know, kind of trust my gut here and step into that. And so I did. And um, you know, it was interesting as I was an English teacher and a coach and seeing job descriptions come up, I knew I didn't really wanna be in curriculum. So I didn't wanna be a Dean. And then this athletic director opened up and I'm like, well, you know, this, this is what fits my, my skill set the best. And um, oddly enough, the English teacher in me really helps, you know, like in this role, you don't realize how much you writing you do and how much like communication is essential. And so it's really, um, it's really helped me just being, having the strength in that and, and just structure um, as a teacher, you know, it's really important to have structure. Like that's definitely transferable skills into this athletic director role. And then, as you know, going from a coach to an administrator, you see things a lot differently. I mean, it's imperative, I think, for ADs to be uh, a coach of a program, a head coach, because it, it really um, it takes a lot to succeed and, and to support not only your student athletes and, and, the, and the community, but your, your assistant coaches and really being able to manage all of that. And then moving to the AD role and just seeing it from a new lens and, and you know, really being um, able to advocate for all your programs, not just one as you were as a coach um, and, and, and really try and, and see it from that way to make sure that everybody is feeling your support, but also that it, it works well together and, and that people can work collaboratively for, you know, a better good. Yeah, you got to have that global uh, perspective as an AD. Uh, yeah, you have to take off those uh, blinders. I'm so glad you mentioned that, you know, communication component. Uh, you, you said that it, it kind of fit your skill set. You know, I, I think nowadays in the last, you know, let's say five or even more years, uh, I mean, that's become the job. Uh, it is communication, you know, whether it's being able to express yourself verbally or, uh, putting something out, even the simplest of things in a tweet or a, or a memo. Uh, I'll see athletic directors, you know, young and old that 
um, haven't quite developed that uh, tool. And it's sometimes it's almost cringeworthy, uh, you know, when you see something that was put out there for publication. So yeah, with your background of sports, as well as, you know, academics, you know, the English major, you know, I think that is, I don't want to say it's the perfect fit. I think it's the fit, um, <laughs> you know, for someone who, you know, wants to advance in this career. So uh, well done. Uh, let's go and talk about that uh, uh, advancement a little bit. You're a CAA, uh, you become very active now at the national level. We've got some young ADs that listen to the podcast. So uh, share with them how that got started. You know, you went from coach and now you're an AD. How'd you get involved with your state organization and, and then that leading to the national? Yeah, well, um, I've always, uh, you know, looked to be just like a lifelong learner. And, and this was like an automatic fit. When I, when I moved into the AD role, you know, you have to be able to bolster your own experience with something. And so it was important for me to make connections and then also to find a platform where I can learn about this stuff. You know, this is such a specific job that you can't just, you know, take a course at a, at a community college or even, you know, some of these classes that our own district provides, you know, they, they oftentimes were not relevant to my job. And so it was really important for me to find a network and a, and a place that I could, that I could better myself. And so, um, those were two automatics. And, and it also was great. I mean, Elk Grove is very supportive of sending us to the national conference as well as our local conferences. So that was something that I hadn't experienced either. And I, um, I also encourage my coaches if they can ever make a national conference for their coaches association, because talk about an injection of passion into what you do and, and just, and you know, that's something that I, I always feel energized when I'm around people like-minded as I am. And so it's, it's really not only um, an education piece and networking piece, but it's also like a piece of self-care, you know, you're really being able to, to talk to people that are in the trenches with you every day and they, they just get it. And so sometimes you can get past some of uh, the other things that maybe other types of administrators, they, they don't have a similar experience to you. So, so that was really something that, that I wanted to um, you know, be a part of. Uh, additionally, um, as, as you know, I've been an advocate for women in sport and I knew that this was gonna be an avenue that I could help other females you know, find ways and, and really start to see um, female ADs in, in more numbers, you know, in, in Illinois, um, we're probably pretty close to 10% of the ADs in the state. And I think nationally, we're about 14% overall, at least that, that participate in the 99AAA. So um, it's, it's been a passion of mine as, as a way to, you know, get involved be that person that others can look up to and, and really um, find ways to, to support females and, and other uh, under, underrepresented folk. Okay. No, absolutely. Uh, um, let's go and take that one step further. Uh, the NIAAA has a number of committees. Uh, you know, I've had the you know, pleasure and honor of serving as the vice chair for certification for several years, actually rolling off. But uh, the newest NIAAA committee is the mentoring committee, and you're a, a member of that. So uh, just real quickly, how'd you get involved? Um, how'd you become a member? And then what do you see your role and the committee's role uh, moving forward? 
to be honest with you, I really don't know how I became a member. I think probably because I uh, may or may not have blasted off some emails to Mike Blackburn about some things I was unhappy about. And he's like, you know what? You got to put your, uh, your, your money where your mouth is, right? And, and get involved. And I was like, that's okay. I appreciate that. I get that, you know? And so I was asked to participate. And um, I've had a really great time. You know, Mike Elson is quite the leader and somebody that I look up to. And um, I've, I've just really enjoyed, you know, we've talked, I think like uh, the, the baseline of meetings is quarterly for some of these committees. And we've been meeting monthly in order to really get after it and, and, and create some framework for mentoring nationally, as well as support the state mentoring programs. Um, as you know, it's it's important to to make sure that our retention in new IDs is good, but as well as like creating, you know, a, a pathway for female and male coaches to be able to get into this role and sustain this role. So um, being able to be a part of that and and really uh, work collaboratively with some other great ADs has been a real pleasure. Um, I'm also I was really stoked. Um, Mike intentionally uh, put three women in charge of the subcommittees on the mentor on the mentor committee, which which was really amazing. And I thought that was um, just a sign of his leadership and and what a way for him to raise voices in in the mentoring committee and and put females in a place of power, which is which is awesome. So um, I, I, I've I've had a great experience so far. Um, I, I didn't realize that this is going to be a six-year commitment, so I'm really going to know these people well when we're done with this. Well, I, I can tell you, you are off to a great start. Um, I did not have a chance to attend the uh, the virtual session that your committee presented, but our uh, state uh, director here in Florida, our state director of mentoring, uh, Dan Como, uh, who coincidentally is my uh, you'd have to say NIAAA mentor. He got me involved with our state association and ultimately the national association 12 years ago. Um, and he, he's a retired AD. He's still the, in charge of our mentoring here in Florida. He does a super job. He came out of that committee um, uh, presentation that you guys put on. I have not seen him that fired up. And he is a fired up guy. So he is <laughs> ready to go. So uh Great job with uh, with that workshop, and uh, you know you're probably going to be getting emails from him, uh, you know, down the road. Absolutely. Um, let's go and talk about uh, Elk Grove. Um, sure. One of the things we pride ourselves about this particular podcast is sharing best practices, uh, and you're certainly an experienced AD, and you've had some good success there. What are some things that you're particularly proud of at Elk Grove, either initiatives that you may have developed or even just things that your coaches and department do? You know, what's something that, you know, you feel your coaches just hit it out of the park? You know, we do this better than anybody in Illinois or better than anybody in the country. What's some of your best practices? Uh, yeah, so um, Elk Grove is a great place and I have, I'm, I'm, privileged to say that I have a core group of young, hungry coaches that are really willing to like get after it and, and really create a vision for some excellence here, which I, I feel fortunate because I know that that's not always the case. 
Um, and so another thing about Elk Grove that, that is special and um, is just that we have a pretty diverse clientele. We're a minority majority school and we, we get about 500 kids from a, a, some trailer parks and mobile homes in the area. And we kind of split from Elk Grove and Plaines, Illinois. And, and some of those kids have never had access to a park district. And so some of them are coming into Elk Grove, not having a lot of structured, you know, um, sports play prior to this. And so we really want to offer an experience that will be for someone that's really starting a sport or activity all the way up to someone that's really taking it to the next level and going to play collegiate sports. And so that's really our goal is to create an opportunity and also some um, some excellence there. And, and so we have a few programs in place in order to support that. Um, we have a triple threat program, like you had kind of mentioned, um, encouraging kids to be involved in three sports. And that's, that's done very well. We have good numbers participating. And so it's really now my charge to be able to not only maintain that, but to raise the level of excellence. And I really find that that, um, what, what, uh, I, I think that what drives that is strength and strength training. And so what we have done is created a athlete only PE class. And so it's offered to all athletes and it really focuses on strength training and, and, the, and the core Olympic lifts. And so our coaches and PE teachers teach this class. We have eight sections going a day. So it's, it's a lot. We've had some, a lot of buy-in but we've really taken away the strength training piece from some of the other programs. So we're all doing it collectively. Um, and so it, it was a struggle at first to get everybody on board because some coaches really hold that dearly as part of their program. Um, but you know, through articulating why this is good for Elk Grove, we've really been able to, to, to create this pretty awesome program where kids, from every level and every demographic and every gender and every sport are working out together in a class in order really to change the, the culture of sport here at Elk Grove. Um, and so it's been, it's been a really great experience. And um, I think exposing uh, student athletes to, to strength training probably earlier and in school um, versus, you know, really relying on the coach to do it after school during practice where you're taking away from more of like the, the sports specific skills or relying on families to have to go outside in order to supplement what we're doing. So, you know, I really wanted to create it as something that, you know, an equalizer and, and really something that's going to put us above and, and beyond some of our competitors. You know, uh, I, I couldn't agree more uh, with everything that you just said. We're very blessed at my school. Uh, you know, we're a private school, so a little bit smaller population, but we've got a full-time strength coach and we do athletic strength training throughout the day, boys, girls, all teams. You know, it's not a football program. It's not a lacrosse program, although some of our teams end up signing up for PE uh, collectively, but um, just beyond the sports improvement component, just the, uh, the self-esteem, the confidence, uh, again, for boys and girls, uh, you, you can't put a price tag on that. And uh, you know, we were very fortunate 
two years ago, we were able to refurbish our weight room. We had a pretty good weight room. Now we've got the best weight room in the county, public or private. And it just, you can see the pride that those kids have when they walk in and you see the performance on the field too. So great job. I think that would be a great workshop for you uh, next year. I'm putting stuff on your plate already. Okay? <laughs> yeah. Let's go and talk about uh, COVID. Uh, and to our listeners, we're recording this on December 18th. So hopefully by the time you're listening to this, you know, there's been some positive changes. But uh, Jackie, what's happening uh, right now in Iowa, or excuse me, in Illinois, uh, and in Elk Grove, as far as return to school academics, as well as return to play athletics? What's going on in Illinois? Uh, right now, our district is on a, an adaptive pause until mid-January, and I was on a call with the IHSA and the IADA yesterday, just trying to talk about kind of where we go from here. And so it's really kind of unknown because we, we are at the mercy of um, the risk levels dictated by the governor, you know. And so what we're doing, I think, is just kind of waiting in the wings and putting together plan A, plan B, plan C, if, you know, if and when this starts, starts up again. Um, you know, we really were just talking generally, nothing is decided, but like, you know, what will work best for our schools? Is it best to shorten seasons, but get them all in? Is it best to overlap seasons? And, you know, what's gonna be the best for our coaches, our kids and our schools? Um, so that, that's really where we're at. We're, you know, really trying to offer an experience to everybody. I just, I just am unsure if that'll happen. What's the stance uh, or the activity level? Uh, you mentioned that you had made some phone calls, but your state activities association, you know, the athletic directors association, uh, are they, uh, you know, working for a return to play or is it, I'm exaggerating here, just throw your hands up and resignation waiting for the governor to, to make a new statement. Oh no, they're working for it. I mean, they're, they've been um, really trying to be communicative with the IHSA or I'm sorry, the IADA and other ADs as well as the state government. And um, I just think it's, it's difficult because uh, you know, they are an independent organization and the government just has a lot on their plate right now. So it's hard for them to prioritize athletics in the conversation. But I think with um, some of the studies coming out on mental health and the status of where our, our student athletes and kids are at these days, that maybe we will get some more traction and get back to at least some lower risk sports towards the end of January, hopefully. All right. Well, you know, best of luck with that. Uh, you know, it must be frustrating to you know, be adjacent to some states that are, you know, going full participation and, you know, you got the brakes on there, you know, hopefully, like I said, by the time this airs in February, uh, you'll have some better news. Um, another question we've been asking our athletic directors uh, the last few months we've been doing these uh, has to do with this idea of, you know, social awareness, social justice, if you will. And so, uh, I've been phrasing the question like this, you know, what are some things that we can do as athletic directors? What can we do better uh, with our kids, our coaches, our community in this uh, area of, you know, social awareness? Mm -hmm. Well, I think one thing we can do is just educate ourselves, right? Make sure that, you know, we are interacting with each other and interacting with people that don't always look like us and um, are 
making sure that we are educated leaders and then we can help support some of our programs and our coaches do the same thing for our student athletes, whether that's, you know, bringing in outside speakers to speak to our coaches, whether that's a book study, whether that's um, just meeting and talking. Uh, you know, our district has done quite a bit of work with equity um, this past year. So we're doing that as a district, but I think um, it is an opportunity to work with your coaches and to work within athletics to see how that, how that kind of dictates and plays out on the field and the pool on the court, right? Um, as you know, the sports world is a microcosm of, of society and it's reflective of what's going on around us. So we need to be really thoughtful and intentional of how that plays out and how we can have an impact for the better. No, absolutely. And again, I would say that, you know, in our world, our sports world, you know, we probably do a better job of this than society. But again, the idea is, you know, how can we get better? So thanks for sharing that. Let's lighten things up here a little bit. Um, another one of my questions is, what's your favorite part of the job? And as I've mentioned on some of the recent podcasts, after the first 30 or 40 interviews, you know, the answer was always the same. Oh, it's the kids. And it should be, it should be the kids. Uh, but acknowledging that you love your kids, uh, what's some of the favorite things about being the athletic director at Elk Grove? Well, let's be honest. I mean, I get to watch sports for 90% of my job, right? That's pretty awesome. But I think something that I, that I really appreciate that I didn't necessarily like realize until I was, you know, six months into the job is like how great it is to be a part of so many different sports. And I think that that's why I don't miss coaching as much as I thought I was going to, you know, oh, how can I step away from track? But now I get to go and be a part of like water polo, which is something that I never would have been able to even, we didn't even have a pool at the other school, you know, being able to see and learn the nuances of some of these different sports has been awesome. And so um, I've just been really, really enjoying that and really getting to know things that I, I just didn't know about before because I hadn't been exposed to it. Um, and seeing, like you said, students, doing kind of the same, you know, there are kids that had never come out for gymnastics or never traditionally trained, trained in gymnastics, come out their freshman year and get on the balance beam and get after it and experience new things. And just, they put on a leotard and they get out there and like the confidence they have and, and just the gall to do that is really admirable. I, I, I admire that. And I, you know, to see that, it just, it kind of gets me choked up and, and just inspired by it. So that's something that I've really enjoyed. Oh, I mean, I'm right there with you. Uh, you know, it's um, hard to imagine sometimes. I, I literally, you know, pinch myself. Geez, I'm getting paid to, you know, go watch his practice or go to this game. And you talk about the relationships outside of your sport. You know, I was a football coach and a track coach for years and years. Uh, but seeing the kids and the coaches and the parents of those other sports. Um, it, it just, you know, can't believe that, you know, we get paid to do this. So right, <laughs> right there with you. Well, Jackie, it has really been great getting to know you um, here through NIAAA and, and now through uh, the podcast, but we're not done yet. <laughs> we always like to wrap up with what we call the athletic director's toolbox. 
Uh, I've already mentioned that you are a uh, experienced, successful athletic administrator, but right now I'm going to challenge you to send out a brand new AD on their very first job, but I'm only going to let you put three things in their toolbox. What three items are going to go in Jackie Randall's new athletic director toolbox? <laughs> that is hard. Okay. So I would have to say uh, they definitely need either a cell phone or a walkie-talkie, right? As you've said, communication is huge and you need to be able to effectively communicate with all stakeholders. And that's not just student athletes and coaches and the community. That's also the maintenance crew. That's also school administration. That's also teachers. So you really have to be... Um, proactive and aware that there are many different people that you need to have relationships with and, and communicate well with in order to be successful. Um, I would also, uh, I would put in there a tape measure. <laughs> you, I mean, like as an AD, I guess I never realized how much I need a tape measure, you know, between measuring lines outside, measuring windscreens, figuring out how far things, I mean, like it's very practical, but you need like a literal tool. Like we need a tape measure or a wheel. Like you need to have some, some way to measure things. Um, and, you know, if you don't have that at, at your leisure, you know, it takes like two or three steps to get maintenance to lend you it, you know? So sometimes you just want to be able to go in your drawer, grab a tape measure and go outside and measure the scoreboard that you want to replace these type of things. Um, and then, uh, and then finally, I would have to say, um, I, I would probably some type of subscription or something to, <laughs> this is something I would say, like a meal prep service. Um, something what happens with me is when I get busy coaching or being an AD, my self-care and my ways that I take care of myself, so exercising, eating, those sorts of things go down the priority list. And something I've found that's really helped myself as well as my family are some of these like meal planning services. And so, you know, I get two or three meals. I usually have to make them, but they're all the shopping and items are, are sent to my house. And so the recipes there, all of the things, it's healthy, it's exposing us to new foods, it's there. So I can still you know, find time to have a, a wholesome meal with my family, which is something that's really important to me. And um, it, it keeps me, you know, fueled. And so I think that if you can find ways to be able to do that more efficiently, it's essential to being a successful AD. Uh, I, I'm, again, I, I, it sounds like I'm a, a yes man today, but just uh, the tape measure, that's been a unique suggestion. And uh, <laughs> I, I probably need that, you know, four times a day. You know, how big know. are those banners in the gym? Or yes, you know, yes. how tall is the doorway? Uh, and then the meal thing, you made me think back to um, when our three kids, and my wife was a career coach, cross country and track, PE teacher. Uh, and I was an AD and a football coach. Uh, at one point, our three kids were all in high school at the same time. They're all involved in sports. We all have six different schedules. And having those prepared meals, uh, you know, was a lifesaver. So, uh, you know, great, great. Yeah, I can't imagine your grocery bills at that time. My goodness. Uh, and, and again, we had three kids in college at the same time. I don't recommend oh. that. But uh, <laughs> uh, it's all good. It's all good. 
Jackie, thank you so much uh, for being on the podcast today. Absolutely. Okay. To our uh, listeners, thank you as always for tuning in. Uh, remember, you can see the Zoom recordings of these interviews on the Educational Athletic Director FIAAA YouTube channel. Um, come back again next time for another episode of the Educational AD.